Welcome to the Cedarville Stories podcast. I am Sarah Gump from the podcast team. Today on the show is Sean and Diane Hanna. So far, we have had 13 family members earn their degrees from Cedarville and more on the way. Listen as they share about small group leadership, disciple making, missions, Christian education, and athletics as a platform for the gospel. Here's your host, Mark Weinstein. Thank you, Sarah, and welcome back to another episode of the Cedarville Stories podcast. I'm Mark Weinstein, and it's great to be back with you for another podcast episode. But before I get to my conversation with Sean and Diane Henney, I need to share with you a story that I recently heard about a past program. And the story speaks of how the Lord uses everything, including this program, for His purpose and glory. A colleague from the university's advancement department shared with me not long ago that the podcast with Lyle and Connie Anderson on November 3rd was used as a motivator for an alumnus and a sizable monetary gift to the university that will fully fund the Lyle and Connie Anderson Endowed Scholarship for future music students. Isn't that great news? If you want to hear the podcast with the Andersons, just go to cedarville.edu slash cedarvillestories and you find it. But anyway, I thought that was just great news, and I wanted to share it with you because I thought it would encourage you at this time. Today in the program, I'm talking with Sean and Diane Henne about a Cedarville legacy that dates back nearly four decades. I first learned of their story from Jeff Bestie because Jeff and Sean, who both worked at Cedarville the year after they graduated, shared an apartment for a brief time. But the unique twist in this story is the legacy that the Hanay family has with Cedarville University. Sean and Diane reside in Redmond, Oregon. They have two children, Abigail, who graduated in 2019, and their son Luke is currently a junior at the university. Sean and Diane, welcome to the program. It's nice to talk with you today. Thank, Thank you. you. Now, it's very difficult, virtually, I think, impossible to separate your family from Cedarville University. And we'll get into that in a little bit. But before I get to that story, I'm interested in learning more about a recent uh, children's book that was written by Diane. Um, what motivated you, Diane, to write the children's book, What's God's Plan for Me? Hmm. Well, I have worked with children in Christian education for over 30 years. And even before the pandemic hit, I really saw a shift in how children were being raised, how they were thinking, dynamics of family have changed. And you know, childhood is rarely innocent, it's hard. And I really noticed that children needed hope. And one of the yeah. things that God really burdened my heart for was to reach out and provide hope for children. And so I began to really feel the Lord leading me to go back to a draft of a book that I wrote when our children were young, which was about the gospel message. And I dug yeah. that out and I found an editor and an illustrator, also hired a self-publishing coach and decided to really create a book that would impact children today. It's a very interactive, yeah. it's filled with questions, it's thought-provoking, and it's really a tool for adults to use with young children to lead them through all of the complexities of the gospel message. You say on your website that children, childhood is rarely innocent anymore. The world is wicked and evil. I won't get to that in a second, but 
One thing that's unique about your book, I think, is that you weave the gospel message in as well as how to live that gospel message at such a young age. Is there a, is there a situation in your childhood or maybe in the teaching of your children that led you to uh, weave that book in that way? That's a great observation, Mark, because honestly, what I see every single day in the elementary school in which I work is that children who can come to know who Jesus is and even want to love him, but how do you deal with the bully on the playground? How do you deal with divorced parents? How do you deal with life that is extremely difficult to maneuver? And so, one of the one of the interesting things about my book is the first um, professional person that reviewed it noticed that actually in the middle of the children's book, I give the gospel message and I talk about yeah. it. And that was very intentional because the second half is how do you live the journey of following Christ in your life? You know, it's not just you're justified through what Christ has done. There's this whole piece of life about being sanctified and learning how to live that out. And children can learn and understand that. Yeah, and I see in families that I know that sanctification part seems to maybe be missing a little bit. Mm -hmm. And uh, we think that I accepted Jesus into my heart as a four-year-old or an eight-year-old, whatever age, and that's it. But there's so much more to life and to the Christian uh, journey than that. And I think uh, your book is a great way to instill that thought and and to bring the children along as well as their parents. So I commend you for that. Thank you. Now, back to the, um, you know, we all think that children, when they are born, they're so innocent, they're cute, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and and the life that we live is innocent, but it's really evil. We, it's mm-hmm. it's all around us. You can't miss it in today's, today's world. With that as a backdrop, and knowing that you've written the book on this, are you hopeful for the future for the children or a little more concerned? I'm definitely hopeful. There is always hope in Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you, these kids that are coming to know the Lord now, that are young, that are enduring difficulties in their life, they are going to be strong. And we are hopeful for the future. We're excited about what God's going to do, but they're going to have to be courageous. They're going to have to stand against the tide of a culture that no longer believes in biblical truth. And they're going to have to be confident in what that is. Well, again, I think your book, I, I saw the book yesterday for the first time. I was down talking to Jeff Bestie and it was on his desk. And so I saw it there for the first time. I, I'm glad you're, you've written the book. Parents and grandparents uh, pick it up for their children or their grandchildren. How, in fact, how can parents and grandparents pick up the book? Yes, thank you for asking, Mark. You can find What Is God's Plan for Me on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. You can also order it directly from me and get a signed hardcover copy through my website, which is dianehane.org. And I encourage uh, our listeners to do that because I think it'll make a difference in some way in the life of someone that you know. Maybe make it a, a, give it as a birthday gift or something, but I encourage you to pick it up and, and uh, share it with somebody and read it. So I, I want to transition because you guys got up pretty early. You're out in the West Coast. You're out in Oregon. So yeah. it's, it's really early when, you're, when we're recording this. So I think I should let Sean speak a little bit. Before I fall asleep? No. <laughs> no, you look, you look really wide awake uh, for 6.30, a.m. But as I mentioned at the start of the program, there's a significant Cedarville legacy with uh, your family. And it all began, as I did research, with the late, Robert and Marilyn 
Hanne, Sean's parents who attended Philadelphia College of the Bible back in the 1960s. Now, they, they're not Cedarville graduates, but boy, they've had a big impact on your family. Uh, Sean, uh, your parents believed in Christian higher education. How did their influence help guide you and your brother Scott and sister Sherry to come to Cedarville University? Yeah, that's a great question, Mark. My oldest brother, uh, Scott Hannay, um, when he was getting close to the end of high school, um, he was wondering where he'd go to college. And uh, we had uh, my aunt, my mom's sister, was in administration at Little Life Bible Institute in Screen Lake, New York. And she recommended, uh, hey, check out Cedarville College. It was Cedarville College back then. And um, long story short, uh, we took a family trip. All of us backed in and head out to Ohio to check out Cedarville. And, and Scott was just really impressed that um, with the college, but also that you could get a business degree that was taught from a godly perspective. That just really spoke spoke to him, and he decided to come. What What was your major? My my major was also business administration. And what about you, Diane? Were you education? Yes, elementary ed. And I also went back later and received my master's of ed from Cedarville. That's even uh, greater. So um, I must ask, maybe a little tongue-in-cheek or whatever, but how did Cedarville miss out in educating the fourth sibling? What happened? What's what's the backstory? Why didn't all the Hene kids come here? <laughs> My younger brother, Michael. Uh, my younger brother, Michael, uh, the Lord showed a different path. Uh, he went to the King's College in Briarcliff Manor, New York. And uh, we had a first cousin that he was very good friends with who went to the King's College. And I, I think that helped in drawing, uh, drawing Michael there. But um, he is a strong believer today in Cedarville University. As uh, Yeah, and... <laughs> That's good to hear. And Michael, I, I know you're listening to this podcast and shame on you for not joining in your siblings' footsteps, but you redeemed yourself because even though Mike went to a different college, his two children both graduated from Cedarville University. So it's a little bit of redemption there. Good job, Mike. And um, But in fact, um, even though Mike went to a different college, his two children both graduated from Cedarville, just like Indeed. several other cousins. In fact, uh, if my math is correct, there have been six Hene family cousins who've attended Cedarville, uh, including um, your your son Luke, who's here right now. Um, with all of these um, stu- students coming to Cedarville, and some have overlapped at times. Yes. Were you able to ever Were you able to ever have any family reuni- reunions on campus? Oh yeah, that was fun. It's always fun to connect with family when we can. Well, hey, are you going out to see the girls? Let's meet up. Let's, you know, see each other. And that that's always been a, a wonderful time of reunion. Yeah, especially in the last uh, decade or so with these cousins. And then there's weddings and graduations. <laughs> uh, it becomes a bit of a family navigation. Uh, who's arriving when? And is the wedding going to be close to graduation? Or uh, so, yeah, there's definitely been a bunch of extended family planning around Cedarville visits. So how often do you guys get out to campus uh, to see Luke or see your past former professors? No, we don't get to visit them too frequently living in Oregon, but usually try to come out at least once a year while our children are on, you know, we're students there seeing track meets or whatever. Yeah. So Southern Ohio has kind of become a family hub. Uh, My oldest brother, Scott, and his wife now live in Beaver Creek. My daughter, Abigail, and her husband uh, live in Fairborn. And so uh, 
and several, well, most of the cousins who have attended Cedarville have settled in the Columbus, Cincinnati, uh, Eastern Indiana area. So, okay, I I need to I need to pay more attention and maybe look for your children who live in Beaver Creek and Fairborn. I actually live in Fairborn. All oh, right, on. Uh, I, I know the area, and uh, and I, I actually at some point actually. Maybe even now is a good time. I need I need to meet Luke. I, I hear good things about Luke as well. And in fact, Luke is joining us on the podcast right now. There's Luke. What? Hi, hey, Luke. What a nice surprise. Actually, um, Luke, you you look a lot like your dad. <laughs> Thank you for that compliment. Handsome man. Yes, he is. And so he's he's coming to us from his residence hall facility and uh, so uh, anything you want to say to your parents this morning good morning, good morning. how are yeah. you guys it's good to you. Yeah. so it's so fun this is a lot of fun so <laughs> i i was down as i told your parents i was downstairs in my office area talking with jeff bestie who know your parents knows your parents and um i go what do you think about this idea of um surprising um sean and diane and bringing luke into the conversation and he and jeff goes That'd be great. In fact, Luke would love it. So um, that's when I reached out to Luke yesterday afternoon and I uh, said, don't tell your parents. But um, we're to the point where, um, and we've gone through a lot of the history, but uh, another, there's another aspect of the Hene legacy at Cedarville, and that's that five members of this Cedarville tree, um, so to speak, all competed on the Yellow Jackets track and field teams during their time at Cedarville. That includes uh, Scott and his two children, Sarah and Greg, as well as Sean and Luke. Now, um, all five of you competed in the javelin, shot put, discus, hammer, and weight. So, you know, there has to be, if, if you guys are a typical family, there has to be some competitiveness in your family. So I'm going to, I'm going to start, I'm going to ask this question to Luke. So, Luke, I know your your uncle Greg set a record in some event, which was actually uh, broken by Greg. But who is the best athlete of all the Henny uh, athletes? <laughs> okay, so this is a pretty easy question for me. Even though Greg did break his father's record with a throw of 200 and, uh, 202 or 204 feet, 11 inches, uh 20211 with the javelin my uncle scott my dad's older brother has been throwing uh since 1978 since his freshman year of high school and so that makes it 43 years he's been throwing consistently so i would say hands down uncle scott is the champ he's yes. taught me a lot i've thrown with him outside and he's going to be at our outdoor track meet this this upcoming saturday but hands down he's he's him he's, he's the, one. the one so do you agree uh, dad I do. Uh, Uncle Scott is a monster competitor. He is a monster competitor. So is there any athletic um, interest from you, Diane? At Cedarville, I played on the softball team my freshman year and definitely am a very competitive person. Well, I, I had a feeling that everyone on this uh, call today had some has some competitiveness in them. I actually, I kind of, I kind of thought initially Luke was going to say that he was the best athlete. So what's what's the deal with that, Luke? <laughs> oh well, you you got to recognize greatness. I mean, I I definitely compete hard, but Uncle Scott, I mean, you you can't argue with what om- almost ten years of throwing to forty three. I mean, yeah. You, you can't really argue that. Uncle Scott will go to some of our meets and compete as a 
a master's meet and guys will be like, you're old enough to be my grandpa and you're throwing as far as me. Wow. Like he's, he's just that caliber of an athlete. That's great to hear. So staying on the athletic uh, line here. So what, uh, all, all three of you, um, what has athletics at Cedarville one meant to you and how did it impact your life from a spiritual perspective? Well, um, uh, competing, uh, the thrust of our competition was always to represent Christ well, you know, and to do that with excellence in athletics, but also your demeanor uh, when you're competing. Win, lose, or draw, man, we're representatives of Christ, and not every not every competition goes your way, or not every day involves a personal best or a school record, um, or even making it to finals. So uh, how we how we compete uh, really resonates for eternity. And that's something that I know is carried through in Coach Bolander, a uh, former roommate of mine yep. uh, back in the day and teammate. And I know that uh, Coach Bo has that as his thrust for the team even today. In my mind, that's what sets Cedarville Athletics apart from other colleges. I mean, you can be Absolutely. great on the field or on the f- court, on a field or basketball court or whatever, but that, that dimension that sport is more than just a game. It it teach it can teach you life lessons, but it also can point help point people to Jesus, and that's the ultimate goal of Cedar Valley Athletics. Indeed, and and that's still pretty uh, strong today, right, Luke? Absolutely, and more so with track and field. Like in high school, I played basketball and football, but I would say more so in track, you get a lot more time to spend with athletes of other teams. You have downtime between throws, between events. You're sitting around, hanging around a lot of other teams, and so you're demeanor is a lot and especially when you're known as the christian team so i lead a a small bible study of some of the guys on my track team and i've really encouraged them to take this opportunity to uh, try to evangelize to other people to have conversations with people and you know just demonstrate your faith you know not throwing the bible at them but just demonstrating the faith that we so claim to to have and it's such a good opportunity because we're kind of in the cedarville bubble here and this is a great opportunity we get to go and see all these other athletes and students. Yeah, I like what you said, not to throw the Bible at them. Actually, just love them, talk to them like they're any anyone else and and I actually um little side note so you know, it's when we're recording this, we're in the midst of March Madness, uh, the college basketball tournament which is which is fun for probably a lot of people. Maybe you guys cuz uh, Oregon is still mm-hmm. competing when we're when we're recording yeah, go, go Ducks. <laughs> But I, I, I grew up in Michigan, so I'm, I'm a Michigan guy, so I'm rooting for the Wolverines. But what I liked, one thing I heard <clears throat> from a player from Oral Roberts um, in a post-game interview was exactly what you just said. He, he, he presented a clear purpose of what they're there for. One, to compete hard, but they're representing Jesus. And that's really what we're all about, whether it's athletics, whether that's business, writing a book, or doing PR. We're all representing Jesus, and how do we do it to the best of our ability, to his glory? That's what we need to achieve. So what do you compete in, uh, Luke, uh, on the track team? So I do, when it's indoor season, which we just had end, I'll throw indoor shot put and weight, which is a 16-pound ball and a 35-pound ball. And then I'll throw an outdoor discus, shot put, and hammer, which is hammer is a 16-pound ball at the end of like a two-and-a-half-foot, three-foot cable. Yeah, and then a 16 pound shot put and discus. Think of it as like a really heavy dinner plate. It's a good analogy, a good example. So, is that what you competed in as well, Sean? 
Yes, yeah. Uh, compete in the javelin. So I was kind of a jack of all, master of none. I didn't didn't ever get any records at Cedarville like my uh, uh, some of my family, but uh, hopefully competed well for the school. Well, Luke told me yesterday that uh, he's on the verge of setting a record, so we'll see if yeah. that happens. Yeah. Uh, but but whether whether you compete or whether you set a record or not, um, uh, it's just good to compete and good to be out there with your teammates and 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 doing what uh, you enjoy doing. I want to transition briefly um, as we move actually toward the end of the program. I'm interested in knowing what are some of the blessings that your family has experienced just because of the legacy with Cedarville. And I want to start with Diane because you guys have been talking a little bit too much. <laughs> well, that's. That's really the heart of Cedarville for us and why the Hannay family loves it so much. Everything about Cedarville is that it has uncompromisingly maintained its priority to the Word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. And everything we do is formed by those teachings. And so whether you're an athlete, whether you're in the classroom, whether you're in business, you know, the biblical integrity that we learned there has really been foundational in everything that we do and how we perceive the world and how we function in it. And our desire is to see the gospel move forward. And, you know, when Sean and I were there, Dr. Um, Dixon was Mm -hmm. the leader of the school and boy, he really taught us that so well. And we're just so grateful I tell you when you when you mentioned and I think you guys are gonna uh, nod when I say this, but when I think of Dr. Dixon, I wasn't here when he worked here, led us here, but I, I've, I've met him, I know him. But when I think of him, I think of Christ is all I need, yeah. right? I mean, how often would you sing that song? Oh, probably several times a month, anyway. Yeah, Cha- you know the daily chapel. Mark is such a cornerstone of Cedarville, mm-hmm. and the biblical knowledge that we gained just through the daily chapels, through our Bible minors, just have been tools that God has used our entire adult life. And we're so excited for our children and our nieces and nephews as well, because so few people today have, you know, this biblical knowledge so we can teach in the church, we can impact our community and our neighbors in powerful ways. Those years at Cedarville have really sculpted our adulthood. And so, how, how so? How how has that ma- been manifested in your day to day life, Sean? Well, um, the first fall conference when I attended in fall of '86, Dr. Joseph Stoll uh, taught on uh, Christian heart style, and he said, "Listen, guys, this is about being twenty four seven the same person you are Sunday morning." You know, and that really resonated with me as really kind of a, a, a milestone in my life, just thing that I grew up in a Christian home. And then fast forward to uh, the fall when my daughter started and Dr. White said, hey, you know, we're going to be intentional for a thousand days, you know, and um, that kind of intentionality to focus on uh, who we are in Christ and how we can serve Christ really makes a difference, I think, and sets you on a trajectory for a lifelong service. And we've done yeah, that. Right. Sean has taught a life group, a small group for the last 30 years. We've mentored young couples and families, taught parenting classes, 
currently I'm preparing for a Bible study at my house this evening with a few women that I'm mentoring. And, you know, we've just lived that out um, consistently. Well, it, it sure appears that you're living your faith in a real way. And, and I, I want to thank you for that encouragement even to me uh, this morning. Um, Luke, what about you? I mean, you've been at Cedarville two and a half, almost three years. Uh, last year was a weird year because you uh, had to leave for a while. But what are some blessings that you have seen in your life as a result of being a student? I would say number one is, like they said, the chapel. That's the beating heart of campus. And right. it's greatly missed when we don't have that. Um, and so being able to go back into there this past week, back into the Dixon Ministry Center has been amazing. Right. Uh, the Bible classes I've been able to learn and the intentionality, I'd say the most impactful thing would be the intentionality of my Bible professors and how they work individually with their students and are teaching us such good uh, lessons. And it's not just in the classroom, but they make sure that it's it's for your life and that you're applying it outside of the class. Right. I've had several professors like Jason Lee, uh, Dr. Kimball, um, who have kept up to date with me out of class and like, hey, how is that doing? I heard you were doing an internship. You know, we learned this in class. How have you been able to apply yeah. that? And being willing to pray with me and to, to remember that out of all of their students and to remember such fine details about their students. So that and some of the lessons that they have taught me in and out of the class has been extremely impactful. Now, I know all three of you love Cedarville professors and Bible professors, but Luke, who's your favorite? <laughs> oh, you're putting me on the spot. I was talking to my friends about this. So I'd probably say my all-time favorite professor, hands down, is Charles Elliott. My freshman year, he's my communications professor yeah. or one of mine, and he helped me in a lot of ways when I was struggling freshman year, transitioning to the academic level of the school, uh, stayed after class, helped me with homework. He helped me with stuff. He kind of mentored me a little bit and he keeps checking in on me regularly. And he, uh, Charles Elliott, definitely. Okay. So Diane and Sean, does a professor pop in your mind as like, Oh, that person really, really meant a lot to me then and really helped me. You know, what's so amazing is I mentioned that I went back 20 years after my undergrad to get my master's, and I still had a few professors in the education department that I had originally. And one in particular mm -hmm. was Tim Heaton. And I know he's recently um, mm -hmm. departed from Cedarville and retired. But when we went back and when our daughter was checking out the campus her freshman year, we went into his office and he had, he remembered me. He remembered where I sat in his classroom as an undergraduate student and just, wow. you know, the impact of that personal connection as Luke even referenced is really lifelong. And I had Joanne DeKirchie. She was an adjunct mm -hmm. professor in the education department and she mentored me as a young wife. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I still am close friends with her. We stay at their home. We visit with them. Joanne yeah. and Mike are top shelf. Yeah. They had a huge impact on us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They are. I was at that meeting. Yeah. Really? And that it was there when I saw that because I was visiting with my sister. I was. Because that was, I was just barely, was I even in high school? Yeah, you were a freshman in high school. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. And when I saw that professor look at them and light up, stand and go, oh my goodness, Diane, Sean, it's been so long. What, 20 years? Are these your children? And he knew them. 
And I was like, this is the college I want to go. I want that. It was there. That's when I knew I wanted to come to Cedarville. Yeah, that's a meaningful story. That's it, it's that's great. Uh, how about you, Sean? Other professors, uh, boy, there are so many. John Silvius uh, in my general education biology class. I mean, we had a class of, I don't know, 150 students and within like two days in uh, just really impressed. And I just need to tell you, I know we are running out of time, but how Sean and I met is a super fun story. Because Tell me the story. <laughs> I want to hear this. We have all the time in the world. Go for it. Sean was a junior when I was a freshman. And we came in and met at Getting Started Weekend. We were randomly put on the same volleyball team. Shout out to Dick Walker. And I'm telling you, Dick <laughs> Walker was amazing. And I worked Getting Started for several years following that. And I just loved working with him. And again, when we go visit our children, we have to see Dick. You know, we'll mm -hmm. meet him in the right. cafeteria and have lunch or something. And we're just amazed at how he remembers all of the students that he invested so much time yeah. into. The man's amazing. He'll see us from a distance. Sean and Diane, you know, right. True, truly amazing. He is amazing. So you guys met that, that first weekend mm -hmm. and uh, did you, obviously you hit it off. I knew right away, Mark. <laughs> I knew right away. I took a little convincing for my freshman wife, but patience <laughs> won out. Yeah. It's a great story. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's great. How long have you been married? It'll be 30 years this September. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm 30 years this June. So um, uh, congratulations on your 30th and uh, keep going. Thank you. Same no to reason you. to stop. Yeah. So uh, I, I could talk to you guys a whole lot longer because this has been fun for me. But I, I'm going to leave with one final question. And I want to hear, I hear uh, an answer from all of you guys. And we'll start, with, we'll start with Sean. At the core of this podcast, I mentioned it in the introduction, that our desire uh, for this podcast is to share Cedarville stories for God's glory. So as, as that is a backdrop, um, how do you hope or do you believe you are bringing God glory through your life? Sean? Um, well, uh, my career, my professional career has uh, had a lot of different turns. I've been in finance, I've been in manufacturing, I'm currently in construction management. And throughout all of that, um, really try to not lose focus on the fact that I serve God. You know, I serve different companies and there to help them be profitable and successful. But at, at the at the bedrock of it is that I live a life that God Christ would want me to act. And so that's what I've tried to do. Thanks for sharing. How about you, Diane? I've always had a heart for missions and I've always as a young seventh grader I committed my life to full-time service, and I wasn't sure how God was going to manifest that in my life, but He's chosen to do it through Christian education. All over this country, I, I've traveled on missions all over the world, and now writing a book really that um, solidifies my deepest desire, which is to see children come to know personal yeah. relationship with Jesus Christ. Are you thinking you may write a, a follow-up book to this one? I would love to at some point, yes. She has many more ideas, just so you know. <laughs> you want, hey, Luke, you want to share one of her ideas? Um, <laughs> oh, she says no. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. now I put her on the spot. Now she has to write it. So, <laughs> Well, I, it'll be great. And again, I encourage people to pick up um, her book right now. So, Luke, what about you? How are you bringing uh, God 
glory through your life? Definitely at this stage in life, uh, trying to learn how to be, especially as someone who wants to be married in the future, learning how to grow as a young man above. I've got a poster of all my uh, top key verses. Uh, I would definitely say Psalm 119.9 is my number one that I read every day. And it's how can a young man keep his way pure? And it's by keeping your word, by staying in the word. And so daily, every day, you know, studying God's word, keeping it so that I can grow and get to the point where my parents are, you know, grow in my faith so I can be confident yeah. uh, or more confident in that. So I can lead a family someday. Uh, you know, and you know, wherever God takes me. I, I always tell my friends, you know, my current plan with where I'm going academically is my my plan B. And, you know, that's where I want to go. But wherever God takes me is plan A. And whenever he chooses to reveal that to me, that's then what takes precedence. And whenever God is letting me walk forward, then I can default to plan B. And so, you know, I'd love to go into youth ministry or work in the church. Uh, God directed me as changed my path several times through college and just through prayer and persistence. Uh, I can't wait to see where he's going to lead me thus far. What's your major? I'm a strategic communications major with a youth ministry minor. That's fabulous. You can use that uh, anywhere in any way and uh, the Lord will as well. So, Hey, we're out of time. I really hate to say that, but um, what I've, what I've gleaned from this conversation is um, Diane and Sean, you've done a great job at least of, uh, training and nurturing your children as Luke is an example. Uh, this is the first time I've ever, actually first time I've ever seen Luke. So um, I don't have a long history with him, but I can tell that uh, his heart is right. And that started with um, seeing it in his household. And that's with you guys as parents. Absolutely. So thank you for that leadership. Luke, continue the course. And uh, I look, look forward to seeing you on campus sometime before even uh, May and when graduation takes place this year and the next year when you're a senior. Um, you guys are a joy to, to get to know and uh, continue serving the Lord with whatever he has in front of you. And uh, thanks for joining me this week on the Cedarville Stories podcast. Thank you, Mark. Thank you. It's been our pleasure. Thank you for listening to Cedarville Stories podcast brought to you by Cedarville University. If you were encouraged by this conversation, like I was, please share this episode with a friend. If you know of an awesome Cedarville story, share it with us. We would love to showcase how God is at work in the Cedarville family. And be sure to come back next week when we'll hear another Cedarville story for God's glory.